Hey guys, this is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole, and you are listening to the ROH cast on ROHworld.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 25 of ROH Cast. Uh, my name is Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. As usual, I'm here with Stephen, the other co-owner and the editor, editor of the website. Hi everyone. Uh, John, our executive writer, is also with us. How's it going? And friend of the website, Macklin, is also here today, who is live in New York. Hi guys. Uh, this week we're going to do a review of the 10th anniversary iPay-Per-View, which aired this past Sunday on GoFight Live. Um, we're going to run through each of the matches, share our thoughts on uh, the match itself and the result, and sort of the uh, booking direction going forward. So the show began with the Yorna Express taking on Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. Um, I'm not sure what the best way to sort of discuss each match is, but so we don't all uh, talk over each other. I'll just go to you first, Stephen. What, what did you think of the opener? I think first and foremost, I was quite surprised they actually chose that as the opener. I thought they might have gone with uh, Red and TJP against Sounds of Truth because I think that that would have been a obviously that was a bit more fast paced, wasn't it? So mm. um, I saw a lot of people say that on the forum that that should have been opener. Yeah, I was quite surprised when I saw it. Um, in terms of the match, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was it was you know it was decent enough to you know get A and X sort of back in the fold after obviously we've uh, tied us out for a while with with his injury and apparently he's still not hundred percent back. Yeah, he's still because um, he, he actually like legitimately like injured his knee. He had like surgery and everything, so mm, yeah. I think he's still sort of nursing a bit of an injury. So um, yeah, it was it was decent enough, and I was quite surprised at the finish. Actually, I was expecting. I was really shocked. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting Russians great tag team to win because obviously they've got their uh, total shot coming up at Showdown in the Sun, and obviously with Anx still coming back and Titus with his knee injury, it was an easy sort of get out of jail card, really, wasn't it, for them <laughs> to get. Wrestling's greatest tag team to, you know, injure the knee and then just get a win uh, because of that, or maybe even some sort of DQ win uh, for ANX where you mm. know Harson Benjamin just flipped or something. But um, yeah, it was it was a strange one for me. I mean, that, as I said, that the match was, uh, you know, it was, it was it was decent enough, but yeah, the finish was a bit. Uh, it was shocking. Yeah, really, wasn't yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah it shocked me anyway. Yeah, it was basically just like a formula tag team match where you know the. He was just worked over a face till he got the hot tag into his partner, and then the end came. It was just a. It was not bad, but it you know wasn't good. It was just kind of there, and I could can't honestly tell you a single thing that happened during this match, like <laughs> besides the fact that King I think rolled up Shelton Benjamin to get the win, which was shocking and everything like like y'all said, and because I remember last week we were talking about how they're going to go about this match because. They have to build up Wrestling Greatest Tag Team for their title shots, but you don't want to, like I guess, uh, bury. This isn't the right term, but it's the only term I can think of. The uh, All Night Express upon their return, especially when they, you know they were so close to getting a title shot before and everything. And I think this is might have been the best way to go about it. But like you said, it was the weird choice for an opener. I probably like everybody else would have went with TJP and Red versus the uh, House of Truth. But this match was fine for what it was. It was short and harmless, so it was okay. Before we quickly speak to Macklin as well, I just wanted to ask him, well, what are the, what's the crowd's reaction to Charlie Haas? Because like, the last 10 events I've seen him on, all he seems to do is just give up, give the middle finger to the fans. That's, that's just literally all, all he does. Well, when I was at Final Battle, they came out to a strongly negative reaction. When they came out this time, I think the crowd was um, legitimately uh, expecting, you know... Um, 
Red and TJP and the House of Truth. So I think they got a little bit more of a better reaction based on where their match was placed at the beginning of the show. But um, once the match started and the introductions were over, um, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of uh, cheers for uh, wrestling creators tag team. But they just, uh, you know, Charlie Haas, he loves to flip the finger at people, old, old people, babies, you know. So uh, <laughs> he uh, he did what he did best and he flipped the crowd off six or seven times during the course of the match. And uh, they turned on him. And uh, I was um, surprised to see I don't know if it came off on the iPay-Per-View, but I was surprised to see um Kenny King botched a couple of spots, um, like like three in a row, where I think he was supposed to sling Shelton off the rope, and I think uh, he something happened where he tripped and he couldn't get that he couldn't get leverage or something, and then the next one he was supposed to um, go behind Shelton Benjamin or Shelton Benjamin turned the wrong way, and the whole crowd was you know the uf up chant and I don't know I just think that it would have been better like. Um, like Steven said that if they had Red and uh, TJP versus the House of Truth because it started off really slow and I think the crowd was dead. Mm. Yeah, I remember saying we uh, were in a Skype chat, me, Harry, and Steven during the show, and I remember at one point saying that this match was kind of sloppy. Yeah, it like, didn't flow well a lot of times. And it seemed like it didn't they were flow just... because of Kenny. I think uh, nothing against Kenny King. I think he's a phenomenal superstar, but. Um, Red Titus coming back looked like he hadn't missed a step. You know, he looked like the Red Titus that we uh, we saw before he got injured, but Kenny King just uh, you know kind of botched a couple of moves, and if it wasn't for that, it would have uh, I think it would have been a reaction from the crowd. I think it makes a change for the team facing wrestlers where you take him to botch a bit because it's normally it's only shouting Tyler Hass who do do the botching. So yeah. Okay, so uh, you okay to move on to the second match? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, up next we had Homicide taking on Mike Bennett. Uh, in the end, we saw Mike Bennett get the victory with, from what I recall, a roll-up after Homicide hit the go-to-sleep on Bennett. Um, to be honest, I thought this match it started off quite slow, but it started getting good, and just as it you know, was starting to pick up, you know, they did the typical interference and then a roll-up, and... I think, you know, when we, as John said, we were doing the Skype chat at the time. I think, Stephen, it was you that said uh, that all these interference wins, you know, just aren't helping Bennett. Yeah, as, you know, as, you, as I said in that chat, he just since Final Battle, where we all expected him to win the TV title, he's just, he hasn't really been doing much. And I think, more or less, every single win he's got has just been from a role because of distraction. And mm. I, I know he's, you know, I know he's a heel and they want to get, you know, want to give him as much heat as possible. But I think he's... He gets quite a lot of heat, regardless of how he wins matches. I just think he needs to start winning, uh, you know, winning some matches just just with a clean finish. I mean, I don't think heels don't always need to sort of win by cheating to sort of get heat. I think he's, mm. I think he's character-wise, I think he's doing fine. I just think he needs to, um, you know, maybe given given a bit more time. As you said, I think this the match wasn't bad. I mean, it, as you said, it started getting, you know, started gaining a bit of. Uh, bit of momentum towards the end and it just sort of got cut off uh, it just seemed to get cut off like prematurely it just it didn't seem planned for it to finish then it just it all seemed a bit rushed towards the end which was a shame because uh, obviously with homicide coming back and we probably won't see him in ring of honor again until the next new york show because that's when they seem to just get him out because uh, you know he gets <laughs> such a good reaction i suppose it was a good sort of story with you know the whole bus and against new york thing which mm. so that kind of made sense but um yeah as i said i don't think the I don't think the, uh, the finish really benefited Mike Bennett at all, to be honest. 
I thought it was a really good match. And like uh, like you guys said, to start off slow. But the um, and I was okay with the finish. You know, I was okay with the Mike Mike Bennett getting the roll up, being a sneaky heel, and just winning by you know the skin of his teeth. The one thing I was really disappointed by was Homicide's entrance music. They yeah. didn't have his typical, you know, Kill Bill entrance and then into the old um, LAX theme from uh, TNA. I don't know if they don't have the rights to use it anymore because I know Ring of Honor stopped using real music when they got the uh, HD uh, the HD show three years ago. But I was really disappointed by that. I, that's what I was waiting for. I turned to mm. my father and I said, watch the lights go out. And then when they didn't, they started playing some generic metal music. It really <laughs> was like, oh, really? Come on. That's like if Samoa Joe came back and he didn't come out to the, uh, what was it, the the Godzilla theme? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just really disappointing. Just just that was like, oh, okay, it, it set the tone for the match, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got to sort of agree with that. I remember when he came back uh, after Roddy won the title against Tyler Black, and right at the end of the match he came out and obviously stayed with like the Kill Bill sort of intro and. That just the entrance, he's you know, his entrance has got such a history in ROH that just made it seem like such a huge deal. And you're yeah. like, oh, mm. it's on now. The yeah, bandana but... around his face and everything, looking gangster, coming out, making gang signs. He just didn't do it this time. He came out looking like he looked fat, he looked out of shape, you know. <laughs> and especially yeah, me, I mean, I, he mm. being from Boston with the New York Yankee thing, and I was rooting for Bennett the whole time. I wasn't very popular in the stands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what he's sort of what he's doing outside of RH because I know we discussed it last week that he's he was contracted to that Urban Wrestling Federation that are doing iPay-per-views now and again I'm not sure whether he's still with those or you know whether he's just taking independent dates I'm not sure because as you said he's you know even when he's last running ROH he, he didn't look in great shape and you know he was a bit sloppy and he was he was nowhere near his uh you know his best when uh you know a few years back in ROH when he was you know one of the best guys on the roster so yeah. um I mean, I don't know if they didn't want it to go too long because of, uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's still sort of got some health problems because I think that's probably the, the underlying problem with Thomas side. Uh, you know, I, th- I think people still look back at the ninth anniversary show when um, his total match against Riley when they put it, I think it was like the, the match before intermission. I mean, mm-hmm. I, can't remember that. I can't remember the last time a well, total match was placed in such a, you know, significant spot, really. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was... It, Disappointing that he hasn't sort of uh, staked a claim for a regular regular roster spot because there was nothing really that nothing he showed me really to sort of suggest that he'll be back, uh, you know, on a permanent basis. Mm. Yeah, I thought this match was okay for the most part. You know, I know only anybody but any of us expected it to be like a four or five star classic or anything, but for what it was, I thought it was, you know, fairly enjoyable. It started off slow and you know built pretty good towards the end, and you know I like how. Brutal Bob and Maria kind of got uh, got uh, involved in the match. It's like Brutal Bob like sacrificing himself for Bennett. <laughs> like I thought that was I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. Did Brutal then, Bob get a cock killer? I can't remember. Sorry, did Brutal Bob what? Did Brutal uh, Bob get a cock killer? I don't believe the, uh, no, 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 okay. no. I, I don't know what he, I don't remember what he did to Brutal Bob because I remember I remember um, him hitting the Ace Crusher on Bennett. And then uh, I remember Brutal Bob getting something, but I didn't know if he, it was... He was the... Homicide was going to go for the topic on Hio for the for the ropes, and then Brutal Bob sort of dived in front of him, oh, and he yeah, went to hit Benny, and he mm. sort of took, took the blow. Yep. All right. Okay, the uh, the next match on the card was uh, the House of Truth. Uh, whoa, taking... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, okay. 
What about the uh, awesomeness that was the Eddie Kingston and... Uh... That is a very good point. <laughs> I, uh, yes. I was just looking at the report here and I must have <laughs> skipped that, sorry. Uh, this, yeah. is like, this is like John's dream. I know when we were in the Skype chat, we were both saying... like We, we couldn't hear John typing anything because he was literally just like sitting there marking out. As, as <laughs> I was happened. so hard just marking out. I was oh, loving gosh. this. It was it was awesome, yeah. What what Sorry, John's talking sorry. about is uh, we had Chara <laughs> Grand Champion Eddie Kingston come out for an interview with Kevin Kelly. He did call out uh, Davy Richards, and the music started as if it was Davy's with the wolf howl at the start, but then it cut to Kevin Steen's, which I think is his new music, which is quite uh, funny. Steen come out wearing a uh, tux- <laughs> tuxedo T-shirt and <laughs> had a tennis racket with Davy Richards on it, a tribute to Jim Cornette, which I just couldn't stop laughing at that. Um, they had quite a heated discussion and then ended up brawling and quite a few of the Shikara roster members come out. I can't, I couldn't name them to be honest and uh, to sort of attack Steen and then they were separated. So looks like we could be leading to a future match between these two. So um, I'll go to you first, John. What did you think of this segment? I thought it was great. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I think I've said this a few times. I'm a big Shikara fan and just, I think this is a great way to like, kind of like freshen up like the mid mid card and everything. <laughs> And uh, just have, you know, great matches. And I think this is the best, like, a great way to do it because Jakara has a ton of talented people. And I think Eddie Kingston is a really good wrestler and, you know, probably one of the best promo guys on the independent scene or probably, you know, in the mainstream wrestling as well. He's just great on the mic and just makes you believe everything he says. And I think, you know, him and Steen having that verbal back and forth was just amazing to watch. And just the fact that how Steen says, you know, Join with me. We could take down Ring of Honor. We could take down Shikara. And then, you know, Kingston is being like, no, like, this is, that's pretty much the opposite of what I want. And then, you know, have them brawl and everything. It's just going to set up like a match, hopefully at Synergy in uh, Chicago in April. And I think that's just going to be a crazy, crazy match. So, I don't know. I'm just, it it just made me, I I just liked it a lot. And and it was cool seeing all the all the Chikara guys come out to try to break it up and everything. It was cool. Mm. Steve, I think yeah, I was going to sort of echo what John said. I mean, I'm not really a keen follower of Chikara. I mean, I've seen like a few events now and again, and it's just not really sort of my cup of tea, really. But um, and to be honest, I'm I'm not a massive fan of Eddie Eddie Kingston. Sort of the only sort of. Uh, bits of his work I've seen of when he was in Ring of Honor. Uh, was it a couple of years ago now, I think? Um, you know, he had the feud with Chris Hero and stuff, and I wasn't particularly a massive fan of his, but uh, I've heard, you know, heard from, like, you know, John and uh, quite a few other people that he's, uh, you know, he's really improved since then, and his uh, promos have improved. And, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed his promo, and obviously it made sense for Steam to come out, and uh, I really liked when Steam, what did he call it, Mickey Mouse promotion or whatever? And then... Uh, yeah, something like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and then the... The colony and a jigsaw, I believe, came out and uh, started brawling. And I, I, I just, I just found it quite humorous that Steam was just sort of just holding these four guys off on his own, and it was just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I found that quite funny. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously this leads up to some sort of Kingston Steam match, as you said, it'll probably be at the Synergy events, which, which makes sense. Um, I'm just not really sure what they're going to do with, because obviously they've got the Shikara show during the afternoon i believe and then the ring of honor show in the evening and i should imagine that kingston will probably be on the shikara show as well so i'm not sure whether they're going to be wrestling on both shows some of the guys or you know what they're going to do with that but um yeah it's definitely a match i'm looking forward to and uh 
as I said, I've not seen Kingston for quite a while, so it'll be interesting to see uh, see him in a Ring of Honor ring again. So what was this like live, Macklin? Um, Kingston got no reaction at all. John, I know you're a big fan of Chikara, but being from New York and, you know, just people who, even casual fans who follow Ring of Honor would have remembered. I've only seen two Kingston matches. I'm pretty sure I'd like him if I watched him more often. I've seen two of his matches. I saw the, uh, I think it was the Cage of Death in uh, 2006, and I think it was Final Battle 2010 with him and Hero. I wasn't really impressed in any of those matches, one being the Cage of Death where he just, you know, just hit people with chairs and went flew through barbed wire and stuff. You know, I didn't really get to see any of his technical wrestling. And at um, Final Battle 2010, uh, I only saw it on DVD, um, but I wasn't really impressed with that match. But if he's the uh, champion of a, you know, of a, of a legitimate indie promotion that's, uh, you know, on the same level as Ring of Honor, he must be good. But being from New York and um, it, it, it just he didn't get any reaction coming out. But uh, Steen almost, um, for the lack of term, urinating on the title before it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Before Fire Ant and Hella Wicked and I think it was Jigsaw came out to uh, to break it up. I think what, was it was. The, what, what was the crowd like when uh, he called out Davey and then you heard like the uh, Wolf Pal, then it turned into Steen's music? Like what was. Well, I think the production crew had screwed up at first because um, we heard the wolf howl, and then you just heard like a record scratch, like you know, like a like that, and then it started playing his music. And then at the end of the show, like you guys will do, and I will talk about later, it it sounded more fluid, but it sounded like they had the wolf cue queued up, the wolf uh, sound queued up, and then they had to stop it and immediately press Dean's music. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded. That's what it sounded like to me. But for a minute there, I thought it was Davey coming out. But I was, uh, I was very happy that it was Steen. I don't want to see Davey twice on a show, even if it is for an interview. <laughs> okay, so uh, that brings us to the third match of the night. Uh, as I was saying earlier, it was the House of Truth, Roderick Strong and uh, Michael Elgin, who defeated T.J. Perkins and um, the returning Amazing Red. Uh, now this match was fantastic and. Uh, it definitely sort of woke me up, so to speak, and got I think got the crowd going as well after the you know the first two matches. Um, uh, Macklin, you know what was the crowd sort of reaction to this match? I haven't. I don't watch TNA. I mean, I watch it if uh, if nothing else is on on Thursday nights. So I never saw much of uh, Amazing Red on TNA. I didn't see much of his first run in uh, Ring of Honor. But when he came out, the crowd went wild. It was like on par with almost the uh, the Steen reaction when. Uh, when he came out for the uh, interview with Kingston, I don't know how it came across in the iPay-per-view, but in person it was amazing. And even before, um, even before he started like wrestling in the match, when they were just doing his introduction, they were they were chanting, "Please come back." Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I thought he put on a great performance. I'd definitely like to see him, you know, be brought Absolutely. in permanently. I mean, even if him and TJP want to become a permanent tag team, because I thought they were fantastic and they could definitely put on some great matches. But, you know, I think they've got quite a stacked tag team division already. Uh, Stephen, what do you think? I don't think that'd be a bad idea, because obviously you've got Future Shocker. Obviously, they're going to be, uh, well, they have, have split, I suppose. Mm. They haven't really officially split yet, but by speaking with Adam Cole when we did, it he, seemed like... Uh, it's unlikely that him and O'Reilly are going to be teaming again. And, um, you know, as we've, we've said, you know, quite often that TJP is putting some, you know, brilliant performances, but they, they just don't seem to be willing to give him 
you know the wins he needs to sort of elevate him towards. Which is so you know. strange because that that final yeah. match was was so fantastic and another great performance here. And you think they'd take note, really? I think that that's probably one of my main sort of criticisms of the of Delirious as a booker so far is that when people come in, for some reason that they seem really reluctant and giving them giving them victories, hoping that they're just going to get over on good matches alone. I mean, Future Shock were quite. A good example of that as well. I mean, who who did they beat apart from the Bravados? I, I can't actually remember them actually winning a match, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Cedric Alexander. Yeah, may, maybe against CNC once, but I mean, obviously with them being a new team as well, that's not much of a victory either. I mean, they wrestled ANX, they wrestled, they wrestled the Wolves, they wrestled, uh, obviously, wrestling's greatest tag team, and I think they even wrestled Kings of Wrestling once as well, and you know that against all these teams and you, you think they'd get at least, you know, one victory just to sort of, you know, help them sort of elevate themselves. But, um, you know, they never did. And obviously TJ Perkins seems to be going this way as well. You know, yeah, putting on brilliant matches can only get you so far. You need, you know, if you, if you keep losing every single match, eventually the fans will just, you know, that what, what's the point in watching if you know someone's going to lose every single match, mm. which is a shame because you say, you know, he's, he's done so well since they've signed into a contract. So, um, as I said, I think that's my main criticism of the booking is that they they seem reluctant on giving new talent the wins that they need to sort of help them get over, which uh, it just seems a bit strange to me. But, um, you know, as you said, that uh, the match was really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked uh, Red and TJP as a team. I think they both blended well together. And uh, mm. I think they they could sort of replace Future Shock as, uh, as a team as well because they're sort of quite similar in styles and they're both fast-paced and high-flying. So, um, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be, you know, be behind them becoming a becoming a new team. That would be quite interesting. And I enjoyed the match as well. As I said, uh, Red was really good. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd be too killing him coming in as a singles wrestler. I mean, as Max said, I mean, I haven't really watched TNA for quite a while and I've not, I've not seen him as a singles wrestler for quite some time. So, um, but j- just with his sort of, you know, with him being so small and stuff, I, I was... I'm not really sure if I should, you know, he'd be great to have on the rest on the roster as a singles guy. But I mean, you know, yeah. he could definitely fill up the mid card a bit, the undercard that is lacking a bit these days. So, oh yeah, he definitely could. But um, I suppose if you you brought him into team with TJP, you know, that they they could always have singles matches as well. I mean, mm. they're two guys that can easily put on a good match with basically anyone on the roster. So, you know, them sort of guys are always sort of handy to have on the roster because you can throw him in with anyone, and you know, you're going to get you know a good match. So, um. Yeah, I'd, 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 I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be brought back for at least a few more days, if not mm. uh, on a permanent contract. Yeah, I mean, it look, looks like they've got nothing else going for TJP at the moment, so this would be you know, a fantastic idea. Yeah, I agree. John, anything to uh, share or Macklin before we head on to the next match? No, this match just completely delivered you know, everything I thought it would be. I thought this could be like the sleeper hit of the show, and it definitely was. Mm. You know, it wasn't you know the match that you know, got pretty much any hype going into the show, but it was the match that probably delivered the most in, like, the time it was given. It was just, you know, bell to bell, just excitement and just fun. It was by far the best match of the first half. Oh, yeah, and it was probably one of the, I'd say, second best match on the show. Yeah. on the entire show. Mm. Yeah. Two things. Um, TJP somewhat joked on Twitter um, with people the other day asking them for... uh, for tag team names for him and uh, him and Red's um, for him and Red's tag team. I don't know if he was joking or somewhat joking, but uh, someone said, uh, "Call yourself the cheat code," and TJP goes, 
tagged um, Amazing Red in the uh, in his Twitter and said, we're the cheat code now. And even Kevin Steen joked about it, saying this should be called the Chet code. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that was um, if that uh, if that means anything or if he was joking or whatever. But uh, Red seemed to be on board with it with his uh, Twitter back to TJP. And uh, the other thing was, as you uh, said, John and uh, Steve, that people um, I don't I don't know if uh, many people had seen Amazing Red uh, live or on TV much, but the reaction going into final battle of people in line that I was talking to, I was like, oh, Amazing Red's teaming with TJP. And people go, ugh, Amazing Red, really? And then after the show, that's all people were talking about was, did you see what Red did? You know, did you see what TJP did not? Did you see what Cole and, you know, O'Reilly did? Even though they, they, they were amazing people, legitimately, I heard three or four people talking in a group about that match specifically. Mm. Yeah, that was the match that definitely probably stole the show from like, yeah. what people were like going in expecting and like leaving what they were talking about. But, like it was just a lot of fun when I heard you know Red was announced. Like last year he had a short run. Talk about a lot Chikara a lot, but he had a short run in Chikara last year and he looked you know he looked good in those matches. You know didn't look great, but this he just looked fantastic in this match and uh, you know, I'd love to see him become you know a a more a more regular member of the roster. Mm, definitely. I think I think a name we're sort of uh, sort of glossing over as well, Michael Elgin. I think he's slowly becoming one of the most reliable guys on the roster. For he's another guy who's every single match you you know you're going to get a great match out of him, and he, the, some of the stuff he does is so innovative, especially against like the high flyers. As we said, you know, the, the final battle match against T.J. Perkins was arguably probably the second best match on the card, and once again, him and uh, T.J.P. and even Red had some. Uh, Really good stuff going on. So, uh, hey, what was that one spot where I think it was Red came off? The, was Red trying to do like a tornado DDT and Elgin caught him? Or yeah, yeah, caught him and lifted him yeah. up over his head. Yeah, just Elgin is just probably if it wasn't for like the Briscoes, Elgin might would be my favorite person in Ring of Honor to watch. Yeah, he's he's really fun to watch because he just some of the stuff he does and the way he just like flings around some of the. Like the lighter guys, it's just it's really entertaining the way he does it. So, um, mm. and he's just so much different from everything else that's on the roster. Which, you know, a lot of the rosters kind of the samey. Like, you know, they do strikes and they do dives, and that's about it. And Elgin brings something different to the table and just makes it fun to watch. Yeah, there isn't really any legitimate like power power wrestlers, as you say, apart from Elgin. So, um, yeah, everything is looking good for Elgin. I mean, he's done brilliantly since he came in obviously he's still got his total shot from survival of the fittest so i think you know within the six next six to eight months i think he's definitely going to be someone who's going to be you know a main event in quite a few of the shows mm. uh, that brings us to the tv title match as the champion jay lethal defended against uh, tomaso champa and um i'm just gonna go ahead and say it this was the most obvious time limit draw i've ever seen now i don't know <laughs> if this would have come across so much live macklin but on commentary oh on every commentary, other word was like there's a 15 minute time limit the yeah, time as soon as the match minutes. as soon as the match started they were like oh tv title matches have 15 minute time limit you don't have oh. as much time to get the job done or something and then after and five they, minutes nigel was asking like, how long was left and then like on the, the ring announcer was like there's so long left of the time limit and the way they were wrestling, like I said on the chat at the time, was it's like they're stalling. Like they were just trying, they just didn't have enough stuff to last 15 like minutes. Like a minute, to, like a minute to the match, you said that, like immediately, you're like, yep, this is the time limit draw. And I was thinking <laughs> about putting that in my pickums. 
I had a feeling like this is a Jay Lethal TV title match is going to a draw, but I mean, I just think it, it was very, very disappointing. It's a cheap way, a cheap booking decision that you know we don't have Lethal losing the belt, which is long overdue. It's, it's not even and... cheap. It's just the wrong decision. It's not even. It's not even if like if Lethal had been champion for for a few weeks and this match was going to happen, then that would be a cheap way out because obviously you don't want him losing the title just a few weeks after he's won it, and you don't want Champa losing the winning streak, but or sorry, undefeated streak. But Lethal's been champion for quite a long time now, and you know he's he needs to move on before, up. Yeah, yeah, he's you know he's he's done well with the title, but it's about time he sort of let someone else. Obviously, you're not like hugging it, but it's about time they took you know took the belt off him and gave it to someone else and let them run with it. They just seem really reluctant to, because, you know, as I said earlier, we, I think we all thought Mike Bennett was going to win a final battle, and, you know, maybe they, I think they decided at the last minute to sort of go away from that plan, I'm not really sure why, and then they've gone towards Champa, they've really built him up a lot over the last few weeks, and then they go and do this draw, and it, it just doesn't make any sense to me, especially with, you know, Champa sort of stealing the belt afterwards, I mean, I, I don't see what... We saw that with Bennett, where, you know, Bennett was wearing yeah. it on the TV show and challenging others to title matches when he wasn't champ, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we've seen so many title limit draws with Lethal. I think if the last three minutes of that match were, um, was the pace throughout the whole match, then it would have been, it would have been amazing. Yeah, I definitely think how obvious they made the time that jaw you know ruined the match because he just sort of knew it was coming they were wrestling really slow paced and it just never really got going it was just you know then they had that ending and it just disappointing yeah it was a disappointment because i i, I rate champer I mean, a lot of people are still sort of undecided on him but i like champer i like the embassy so as i was i was disappointed he didn't get the win and i think as i said earlier it comes back to the the whole booking sort of philosophy where they they just seem really reluctant to give you know the guys who are coming up at that that one big win against an established name, and I mean I don't know if they just want to protect the established names and they don't want to sort of have them losing too many matches. But you know, Lethal hasn't. I mean, has I can't actually think of any matches apart from the ones to Richards and the tag match that they him and Richards had against the Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. It was that, I can't remember when that was, but apart from. Mm. The two matches against Davey and, and that match, I don't think he actually lost a match. I mean, every single TV uh, title match has, you know, he's won, or the Proving Ground matches, he's, um, you know, he's won them all. And I think he drew against uh, Ruddy, and apart from that, he's, you know, he's won basically every single match he's had. So I don't think him losing the bout in this one would have hurt him at all. I think yeah, it I mean, would have really elevated Champa and really given him a boost. And I think now it's even if he wins, it's going to lessen the whole, you know. He's he's just claimed of being some sort of like sort of monster. He's just like well, he took him two two tries to win the title, and mm. I, I, it just waters down the whole thing for me. I, I just I just don't see any reason why why Lethal was was kept as champion. I just I really don't. Yeah, I mean it it's just very very disappointing, and surely he's going to win it now at Showdown in the Sun. I mean I don't see the point of just delaying it. It's going to have the exact same effect, or probably you know less of an effect now after this sort of. Shoddy tournament draw result, but um, you know it's definitely time for Lethal to move up. We've been saying that you know since final battle that the main event is lacking and it needs someone like Lethal up there. And it just you know it showed down the sun. You know he's taken on Roddy in the, at night two, um, which could be for the title. You know part of this blind destiny challenge thing. And you know he's already is basically moving up, so he doesn't need the TV title anymore. And you know Champa could have won it here and then defended it against someone else at showdown like i don't know tjp or someone like that and could have built up that feud over the tv show 
I think the problem with with elevating Lethal to the main event is that they've already given away two matches for him against Richards. I mean, I know the first one was at the homecoming, and okay, fair enough, but one was on TV. I'm not really sure why they did that match so soon after the match at the homecoming. I mean, you Mm. can't really have Lethal facing Richards again for the title because, you know, you can't have three title matches with the same two guys, you know, in a few months. I could see them doing that again on TV just because of how this one ended. The one on the TV show yeah, ended with all yeah. the K, the TNA style ending of the, all the <laughs> interference. So I could see them using that angle to book that match again. Yeah, maybe you're right, but I mean, I think that's, I think the the booking at times they sort of put themselves into a corner where they have to use these stupid time limit draws just to sort of get themselves out of a, a sticky situation. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think we're we're all sort of saying, "Oh, this is going to be a draw." In the first like three or four minutes, it was just if that. It was probably it was, within the first minute. It was just yeah, it was the obvious. I was, trying, but... I was trying to be the optimist in this situation, and I and they had me thinking like at the very very end that if the interference in the embassy that Chamba was going to take it, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Everyone lost a lot of pick and points. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh if the like um i don't know if you guys heard me earlier uh the audio cut out on this end but i was saying that uh if the last three minutes of that match was the entire pace over the course of the 15 minutes like the air raid crash that uh, hit on um hit on lethal on the apron oh the yeah that was brutal oh, yeah. that was oh, yeah but they were outside for four minutes and <laughs> and i was like the referee was counting to 20 and i'm looking i'm looking at my uh at my phone and it was uh, literally a good four minutes before they each got <laughs> into the ring that's terrible i don't know if they told todd Claire to stretch it out but um i honestly thought that that uh, champa was going to uh, tap out to um lethal strikes at the end in the corner before the time limit uh, expired everybody thought he was and then when he didn't and he stole the title at the end it was just it just felt like we were it was cheap robbed of a, yeah robbed of a title change at a show that's supposed to be important that just feels so far like a filler show mm. I mean, the whole thing with the young was rising as well. Obviously, obviously with the the younger guys sort of, you know, being the, the stars of the show, it would have just fit in with, well with that as well. With Champa, it's a theme, yeah, with Champa uh, in the, winning the as well. But oh well, I, I, I can definitely see him winning it soon. And well, it, we know, said that about Bennett, and then they just changed it to a Champa feud. So who knows what we'll see. Yeah, but now he's told about lose the title. Sorry, Lethal's never going to lose the title. He's going to draw everybody. <laughs> Okay, so that um, I believe that was the end of the first half. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then we, so then there was a brief intermission where they aired um, quite a lengthy sort of recap package of various moments over the past ten years. Um, I wasn't actually at my computer for all of the intermission, but um, from what I did see, it was quite a good uh, video package. And uh, at least there was no technical issues with this. But um... and a quick one as well. I don't know if you heard, but during the intermission, they actually played a couple of. Uh themes from uh, RH's past. I suppose Mackin should tell us about that because it, it sounded quite cool. Uh, yeah, I went down to the DVD table and realized that I had every DVD and didn't have to buy any. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And um, I was down there and they started playing the final countdown. And of course, all throughout the night, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, just... Eh, and one person I was reading on Twitter, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the guys that follows me and follows all you guys in ROH world. He said, um, it's funny how a SmackDown catchphrase is more over than your TV title. <laughs> I think yeah. that was typical ROH fan, if I remember. Cause I... Oh, yeah, typical ROH. Yeah, he's a good one to follow. Um, yeah, they played, um, they played the final countdown in its entirety. 
And then after, and it was equipped with all the lights and everything. Then right after that, they played Punk's old theme and even had one of the production guys who looked exactly like Punk come out and uh, fool everybody that was actually still left in their seats and not getting booze or on a pee break or something. If he was actually a production guy, I hope he was fired after the show. I don't yeah, know, but he, I think uh, we'll talk about the uh, technical issues at the end. But yeah, there's quite yeah, a few. He came, out, he came out and he was wearing like a hood and he had the CM Punk. He, his, his beard was a little bit too long to be CM Punk, but it was very reminiscent of uh, of uh, the Straight Edge Society CM Punk. He looked like him and people were throwing stuff at him as he was walking. <laughs> and then right after that, they played Give Me Back My Bullets, the old um, the old Briscoe's theme. So, I mean, it, it, it was pretty cool. That's cool. That's good, that is. I think the, the the thing about the yes chance, I think there was a lot of people were talking about it, and I, I thought they were quite cool to begin with. But I think the typical the typical New York crowd, they just they never know when to stop with things, do they? They always go a bit a bit overboard with the chance. And I think the, yeah. the, the I think the funniest thing was that not Ke, um, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness obviously didn't know what this yes yes thing was. So they just thought that people were shouting it. Like, yeah, you know, there was in the ring. there was one submission hold. I think it was, and in, it was in the main event, wasn't it? And it was the like, crowd were <laughs> just going, yes, <laughs> yes. It was and about then... three minutes in, and Eddie Edwards, I think, who, I think O'Reilly might have had Edwards in some sort of submission hold. About three minutes into the main event, they would have started shouting, lock. yes. Yeah, yeah maybe. And, That's uh, yeah, he did the, the bell. And lock. Kevin Kelly was like, the whole crowd want Eddie Edwards to tap out. It's like, no, they don't. They're just saying it because it's Daniel Bryan's <laughs> catchphrase, I've got to say. It is cool, though, that, you know, they are obviously are still following him after he's left Ring of Honor. Actually, this isn't a WWE chat, so we won't talk about his SmackDown stuff. But um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of people will have, will have you know, followed him. And I said, it's, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't watch WWE anymore, but I said, it's still cool that him and Punk, who, but basically, both made in ROH are going to be sort of headline, well, headlining WrestleMania. Mm. Well, not headlining because you got the Rock and Cena, I suppose. But they're, you know, they're both going to be champions going into WrestleMania, which is, which is quite cool, I guess. Somebody tagged Brian on Don, um, Brian Danielson on Twitter, um, and uh, showed him the video of everybody saying yes, and he was like, uh, "Glad I'm, uh, glad I'm still appreciated and remembered." You know, he just he just put out a little thing, just a acknowledgement of the people that were That's there. Good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think he actually tweeted as well saying like congratulations to Ring of Honor for their ten years and yeah, stuff, yeah. So did I see him punk. <clears throat> anyway, uh, oh sorry, did interrupt someone? I'm just saying which was cool for them to do. <laughs> we then got to the uh, tag team title match, which was the uh, the Briscoe brothers defending against the Young Bucks. Uh, now this match, and sorry, the uh, Briscoes got the win with the Doomsday device at the end. I actually really enjoyed this match. You know, I was expecting it to be good, and it turned out to be just that. My only complaint, if any, would be that it was a little bit too short. But you know, I mean, perhaps it's good that you know they didn't drag it on too long because you know it did turn out pretty good and a good solid match. And I don't think I've got anything negative really to say about it. How about you guys? Yeah, this match was like if the final battle tag title match went right. Like they pretty much did all the exact same things, like brawling around the outside. And just oh, went. yes, at first I thought, hey, we're just going to get a repeat of the final battle tag match, but luckily we didn't. But, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I, You know, like, the only negative thing I could say is that it was a little short, and if, you know, your only complaint is that the match didn't go on long enough, that's, that's not good. a bad complaint at all. Mm. But the only thing that I didn't particularly like was, was it just me, or did the Young Bucks hit about 35 super kicks in the, in the match? It does oh, seem yeah. to be super kick after super kick after super kick, and after about ten, it was just like, okay, they they obviously so aren't working anymore. These kicks. 
<laughs> it, yeah, it just it, that that was my only little. I mean, I suppose that's a really tiny thing, and it's been like nitpicky. But I think that was my only sort of criticism of the match is that they they just use a super kick way too often. But uh, you know, as you said, I think you know, I think people might you know might say it could have been gone a bit longer, and maybe it could have. But I think you know that this probably sets up a, a rematch some somewhere down the line. You know, there there wasn't any sort of. Uh, you know, weird finish where um, she's good. We don't want any more of those. <laughs> no, yeah, she's yeah, that's good. And as she said, you know, I think this whole event really was sort of exactly the opposite to final battle. Whereas no matches really, in my opinion, you know, even the main event, in my opinion, none of them really went, you know, over sort of went into overkill territory, and none of them were just like continuing for the sake of just being the long match so mm, yeah uh, it's good that they learned they obviously you know took on board the feedback from final battle and made sure that things didn't drag on like everything did uh at final battle yeah but as you oh, say this was, you know a really solid match and um you know both teams are have been really good recently so um yeah i enjoyed it so uh yeah it was a good match no i'm going to disagree about none of the matches dragging i thought the main event was starting to drag there for a while getting ahead but, of the podcast there john but, uh, but, um, <laughs> but yeah i'm just gonna keep it at that for now to be honest with you guys i really didn't like the uh the briscoes and uh and bucks uh tag match at all um i think uh it came across more like a squash match uh for the briscoes even though the uh obviously like uh steven said the 27 uh super kicks to mark briscoe on the outside by uh nick jackson it was just uh it was a little bit too much, but um, it, it just came across like a squash match. And, I, and the guy sitting next to me was like, you know, is this this just filling time? You know, because uh, I think the Bucks uh, could have got a lot more, um, a lot more uh, offense in on the match. And uh, you know, and like uh, like John said, it could have been a lot longer. Um, I think that uh, I think that the the, the Briscoes. Um, Everybody in their mother knew that the Briscoes were going to win this match, but I don't know. I, I I can't get pinpoint what I didn't like about it, but I just it was probably my least favorite match on the card. Oh yeah, I guess it's. Uh, I guess you know after the young buck. I don't know. Oh, I got so a phone call. <laughs> Everybody's like it across the board. I'm the only one bad mouthing it. <laughs> No, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from, and I don't. I don't think it was particularly a great match. I think. I think it was. It was. It was good, but I, as you, you know, as you said, it could have been a lot better. And I think I have to sort of echo what you said with the. It it did seem very heavily favoured in, you know, for the Briscoes. As you Not said, towards the, the end though, if I remember, they did like one of the Briscoes. They were beating on quite a lot towards the end. Or is that just my memory falling? I mean, the 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 Bucks hit all their you know usual spots, so. I guess they just didn't look as, uh, I guess, you know, the spots just didn't look as impressive against the Briscoes or something, but they hit everything they usually hit, including, you know, a thousand super kicks and everything. The only thing they didn't hit was the uh, more bang for your buck. I suppose because people sort of already, well, I say already knew, but expected the Briscoes to win that. Well, ROH had kind of spoilt it on the website, hadn't they? So. Yeah, about three times. <laughs> Well, the, the the cool spot was for more bang for your buck, and uh, I don't know who does the 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 the, uh, the 450 off the top rope. Uh, I don't know if it's Nick or Matt, but um, the Briscoes put their knees up, and uh, the father, who didn't have much of a reaction during the uh, during any of the uh, the show, pretty much just went oh when you know 
when he hit uh, when 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 he uh, one of the, I think it was uh, Jay put the knees up after uh, after the 450. So that was a pretty cool spot. But for the rest of the match, I don't know. It just came, seemed kind of uh, it just seemed kind of squash match if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that brings us on to the next match, which was uh, Kevin Steen versus Jimmy Jacobs in a no-disqualification match. Uh, Kevin Steen came out first, and uh, Jimmy Jacobs came out next with Steve Carino. Uh, Carino said that the match you know, wasn't going to happen, that um, they're not allowed to be evil anymore or something that he has to change, so it's not allowed to happen. But as Steen was uh, about to respond, I can't remember if he'd got a chance to say anything or not, um, Jimmy Jacobs sort of attacked him from behind, took off his uh, sort of the jacket he had on to reveal the old age of the fall blood soaked coat underneath which pretty sure cannot be the same one after all these years but uh, <laughs> yeah he took he took that off and he had that the old uh, coat on underneath and then he just the match started and uh, it turned out to be pretty great to be honest um I personally thought there's some great spots into it. You know, the ending was was sick when he hit that F5 onto two sort of open stacked steel chairs. And uh, we saw Jimmy Jacobs use the spike after he used it. You know, Kevin Steen was bleeding heavily. And, you know, there was a cool moment where sort of Jacobs sort of stopped and was almost like regretting what he's doing and thinking that, you know, he shouldn't be doing this anymore. And just while he was doing that, Steen hits him with a low blow and then hits the F5 for the win. And, uh, you know, Stephen, what what did you think of this? I think all of it was just really, really well done. As you say, with, with the end, with Jacobs hitting, you know, finally hitting the spike and then just sort of standing there, as you say, like sort of regretting what he'd done. And mm. it ties in with the whole storyline of him, like him and Karina sort of fighting for uh, retribution and, you know, not being evil anymore. And uh, even the beginning of the match, I, I really, you know, I enjoyed that. And I think that really tied in well with uh, Karina mm. sort of saying the match wasn't going to go ahead and then, Jacobs, uh, you know, t- attacking Steen. Uh, and, you know, as you said, <laughs> some of this, the uh, the spots were crazy. I think, um, you know, it was, it was basically more the same as we saw from Final Battle with Steen against uh, Carino. Um, I think I might actually say this one was be- was a better match. Um, really? Yeah, I think I actually enjoyed this one more. I just think, uh, you know, I really enjoy Jacobs. I, I, I don't understand why he hasn't been used more in ROH. I think... Uh, Especially in these sort of gimmicky matches, he just he does so well, and um, you know even in normal matches he can do you know be, be really good. And I, I just don't understand why they haven't used him more. When we've said you know that they need some more uh, depth, especially not in the mid card. He's he's a guy that either could just fit in there and you know have matches with more or less everyone on the roster really, and just give everyone a fresh matchup and got a really good show. But um, yeah, as, you know as I said, I really enjoyed it all, and uh, yeah that 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 spike to the to Steen's head that was just. With, with you know when he started bleeding and stuff that that was pretty sick wasn't it so um yeah this was a you know a great match and uh, it's interesting to see where Jacobs and Carino go from here as well obviously both of them beaten now so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see where they go from here yeah especially you know it looks like that Steen's going to be heading for Davy now I mean yeah what is next for um Jacobs and Carino yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you uh, if you saw it or not. I don't know if you came across the pay per view, uh, Harry. But you said he gave him a low blow. What happened was um, Jacobs was standing there and pulled his hair back so Steen could hit him with the spike, and instead Steen uh, stabbed him in the uh, lower regions with the spike. That wasn't a low blow. He stabbed him with the spike in the uh, really in the, in the crotch oh. area. Yeah, it wasn't a low blow. I did not notice that. Yeah, it was. No, I I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. He, uh, cause Steen had the spike in his hand and Jacobs 
pushed his hair back as to say, you know, Steen now hit me. And Steen was on his knees and he picked up the spike and he jabbed it into his crotch. Oof. That's oh, why that Jimmy sucks. Was... <laughs> <laughs> that, that just shows, you know, the bad camera work, which we'll talk about at the end. But um... and That's why he was rolling around on the ground like he had just been shot by a sniper, you know? Wow. He, didn't just... <laughs> he hit him with the spike. I saw it very clearly. <laughs> well, God. I wish I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent positive, guys. And if you get feedback on this, I'm sure the listeners are going to agree. Because right after he hit him with the, um, Steen had the spike in his hand and then dropped it and went over and f five him on the chairs. I'm have to go and rewatch this on the replay because uh, you know the commentators <laughs> didn't mention it and I didn't notice it at all. And it's yeah, weird that uh, you know me, Stephen, and John, you know, none of us noticed that it was the spike to the groin. Yeah, with, the, with the bad camera work, it's a it's a miracle we actually saw the end. You know, the actual finish. So. <laughs> we saw anything, to be honest. But um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later on. Um, anything else to add on the uh, no disqualification match? Uh, no, I thought, it, I thought it was really good. I, I wouldn't agree with Steven saying it was better than the Carino match because I think that stole Final Battle and it actually brought my uh, whole overall view of Final Battle up from a, uh, from a C to a B. Mm. Um, but I think, uh, I think this was a great match. I think it, uh, it showed that you know, Jacobs could still be evil, and it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of gave progression to the storyline that um, he still, in some way, wants to be good, and they could trail that off into something with Carino and uh, Jacobs into another, uh, into another feud or something. You know, if they, if they, if they choose to do that, I don't know. But it, it just seemed, um, it, it was just really good in person, and the crowd was really, really into it, as was I. Okay, that brings us to the uh, main event of the evening, which was Young Wolves Rising. It was Eddie Edwards and Adam Cole taking on the world champion Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly. Now, uh, for weeks now, uh, if you listen to the show regularly, you've noticed that you know myself, Stephen and John haven't been too keen on the way they've been building this storyline at all. And... Uh, you know, we weren't particularly... We, you know, we, we knew the match was going to be good, but we just hated the build, but... I thought this match turned out to be a hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if it's just because my expectations weren't very high, but I ended up really enjoying it. Um, it was quite a long match, I think about 40 minutes, but it didn't feel like it yeah. dragged at all, to to be honest. And, you know, that ending where Adam Cole got the win, pinning Davey was, was huge. I just, I could not believe that at all. I was so shocked. I mean, if, if Davey's team were going to win, you know, you'd think that, Edwards, you know, O'Reilly would be the one getting pinned by Edwards or Cole, perhaps. But the fact that Cole pinned the world champion, and I can't remember the last time Davey's been pinned, to be honest. So this is a huge thing. I saw and... somewhere the last time he's been pinned was by Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team at last year's WrestleMania events. Wow. So, yeah, that's the year. Wow. That's a huge uh, victory for, you know, Adam Cole and uh, Edward, mainly for Adam Cole, really, to get, you know, the pinfall in this. And, uh, wow. Yeah, what did you think of the match? As, thought, as you said, I, oh, go on. Okay, I was, I'll, I'll let y'all talk first. Yeah, let's leave the negative Nancy over there till the end. That's, uh... <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to be negative. I'm just, I'm, you'll hear it. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought that the match was, uh, I thought the match was really good for what it was. Hmm. Um, what I was with the crowd up? booing everyone at the start? All four of they them. They weren't. They. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't. You know, the New York crowds are really. Uh, I've only been to five New York shows, and they seem to just boo whenever they feel like it. I don't think it's even for any one particular person. Um, but I think that they were just 
you know, for the back of a letter, um, for the lack of a better term, when, uh, you know, like when Nigel used to wrestle, people used to, uh, you know, and I'm same old, you know, you know what. I think that um, people want to see new uh, guys in the main event, and they're just sick and tired of seeing Edwards and uh, Davey um, mm. in every uh, in every main event. But um, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed 30 minutes of this, 40 minutes of this match. I think the last 10 minutes with, like, it had probably about, and I think you would probably agree with me, like 40 near falls. And There was there's quite a few, yeah, but it was nowhere near as bad as Final Battle with the uh, no, false no, finishes. No. no, but I think that... Um, I think that Cole getting the win, because when, when, you know, the crowd was chanting kick, slap, when they were staring down each other, you know, the whole crowd knew what was coming next. Davey would kick, Eddie would slap, Kyle would slap, and, uh, you know, Cole would, you know, kick or whatever. It was it was predictable, but then when Cole got the win at the end, the crowd, literally everybody jumped out of their seats. Nobody was expecting Adam Cole to get that win. Mm. Does that mean now that uh, Cole gets a title shot since he pinned the champion in a uh, in a tag match? He should. He oh. should do. Yeah, he deserves one. I yeah, think at least on TV or something. Yeah, I think that's a wrestling rule that if you pin the champion either in a non-title or a uh, or a tag match, you automatically get a title shot. Perhaps you don't because it wasn't declared a proven ground match or something. We don't know <laughs> the uh, the rules there. But um, uh, technicalities. <laughs> Stephen, anything you'd like to uh, share before we get to negative, John? <laughs> um, you know, I think you said. I don't think it was. You know, I don't. I don't personally think it dragged on. I mean, no. maybe it could have been a, a few minutes shorter, but I think that's just been sort of nitpicky Picky, for, yeah. for the sake of it. Um, you know, it was much better than the, the final battle main event. Uh, my expectations of this, they weren't, it wasn't that high considering, you know, the, the four guys are in the match. That they're, they're all, re- you know, really good wrestlers. So um, I think the whole storyline thing was sort of just grating on me. And I think I had sort of, you know, obviously we said final battle was just sort of a bit too much, wasn't it? And um but mm. fortunately, in my opinion, I think they they stayed away from doing a lot of that. I don't, I don't think there were too many near falls. Um, we didn't get into sort of ridiculous territory and um, final battle. Yeah. Yeah, I think we at some point this match, I had a feeling this might go to a draw. I'm 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 very glad that it didn't. And um, as you said, I mean, Cole getting the win, it's such a sort of massive moment. Mm. Uh, I think that's probably the that's the result I probably would have least expected. I mean, I thought Richards and O'Reilly were going to win. You'd expect Richards to pin Cole, and then I think maybe O'Reilly, you know, could have pinned Cole. But I think yeah. Adam Cole actually pinning the, the world champion is probably the, the scenario people were expecting the least. And Especially because he's the one out, of, you know, out of the four guys in this. He's been featured on TV the least. He hasn't really been involved in the story as much as O'Reilly has, and for him to yeah, get a huge win, I mean, it goes back. You know, you were saying earlier that that they don't take the chance with the younger guys, but then they do it like this in the main event. It's such a sort of change from what we've been seeing in other matches like the TV title and things. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, I think, you know, I think people have been saying that the booking recently has been a bit too too obvious. And I think they need, they need to start throwing a, you know, a few more curveballs in there just to sort of, you know, keep people's interest up. Because, you know, as Macklin said, when when things happen like that, especially in wrestling, I mean, that, I think that's the main thing that, you know, wrestling is there for, is to, to shock people and, you know, you, you have to be watching it and thinking, you know, what's going to happen. If you, if you know what's going to happen, then that takes part of the sort of ex- <clears throat> excitement and enjoyment away from it. Mm. So um, I think they need to, st- you know, continue with this sort of uh, booking philosophy. You know, start booking some more <clears throat> sort of results where people don't expect it. But not too um, many where it turns into TNA or just swerve. Oh, no, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't <laughs> think Ernie Osiris should be pinning Davy Richards or anything stupid like that. But. <laughs> 
but yeah, just I, you know, keeping it sensible, but you know, throwing things in there that keep people's keep people on their toes, really, and thinking, you know, what's going to happen next, and you know, I have to watch this pay per view just to you know, just to see who's going to win this match or mm. to see what happens. And I think my my only negative thing about this whole thing, which is probably going to get me lots of lots of heat on here and on on the forum or whatever, is that I didn't I didn't really like Steen's after match. Uh, sort of speech thing. I think with with Cole winning the match and then O'Reilly sort of he basically turned here with ref, you know refusing to shake. He Cole. said he said uh, I don't respect either of you. I think that was his quote. Yeah, it was it was kind yeah. of a sort of go back towards you know to the start of RH when Christopher Daniels was for, sort of the first guy to refuse a handshake and the whole code of honor. And mm. I think that was such such a big thing. And obviously with Cole winning was such a massive thing. And I think. The Steen segment at the end sort of it, it reduced some Took of the. Away from, I, I was actually going to yeah. bring this up as well because it, I think it reduced the impact. I like what Steen had to say, and you know, it did build towards the Davy thing. I just think it was a, a bad time because, you know, it did sort of, as Steven said, take away from, you know, Cole getting the huge win and O'Reilly turning heel. And, you know, it just sort of was cut off before it could go anywhere. So we could see, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to start brawling again or something. And then. You know, yeah, I don't, I, 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 maybe they could have done it before the match or something, and they could have said like, "Oh, Davy was preoccupied thinking about Steen, that's why they lost or something." But yeah, I mean, uh, there was there's nothing against Steen. I think you know his promos are brilliant. They actually, I have nothing bad to say about the actual promo. I think it was fine. But hmm. with, as I said, with Cole and the O'Reilly things happening, they should that should have been the last thing in people's mind. You know, Adam Cole win you know pin of the world champion and O'Reilly sort of refuses to shake people's hands yeah you know that those are the two things that should have been in people's minds at the end instead we had Steen and Richards in there you know which is good because you know building up to that huge match that everyone really wants to see at this point and I hope they don't put it off all the way to final battle but I, I do think you know they should have tried, I don't know how but done this a, a different point a different well time. Harry the, the, the thing is is like um you know I thought it was uh it his promo at the end legitimately shocked people for one point for one particular reason because he said, you know, Davey, if I had a Colt 45 right now, I'd shoot you. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. expect you didn't expect him to say that, and I was just like, what the hell was that? You know, like, <laughs> wow, you know. And um, another thing was is that right after Kyle, like Kyle was in the middle of telling Cole that he didn't respect him, and that's when you know they queued up Steam. Steam was in the audience. You know, hey, hey, hey. And right after O'Reilly had said, I don't respect you, Eddie. I don't respect you, um, you know, Adam. That's, he stood in the ring the whole entire time while Steen was there. So if he didn't respect those guys, why the hell didn't he just leave right away instead of waiting until Steen cut his whole entire promo? Yeah. That didn't come across on the pay-per-view because the camera was on Steen. But that's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. he, he should have just left. Yeah, Davey had the title and he was holding it up the whole entire time. And Steen was just making fun of him. <laughs> I believe he called him a a, a jiu-jitsu jackoff. Yeah, that, that is the quote. <laughs> I, I think that that was that was the uh, that was the best thing about the promo. I think. And then he said, <laughs> so, "Oh, yeah, it's this... trending on Twitter," and that was the end of the pay-per-view. I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I believe we haven't actually let John share his thoughts yet. Sorry about that. Um, All right, we, so we, don't that... we don't want to hear from him. Don't let no, him let, talk. let me sit back. Let me get relaxed. No, I'm not going to say anything too negative. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was. But I thought what was wrong with it was what I was afraid was going to be wrong with it and that it was going to go too long. I thought it dragged pretty bad there. Uh, the spot where 
Cole hit O'Reilly with the uh, tornado DDT to the outside of the table from there to the end. I thought was great. Like those last what two, two, three minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And but like the ten minutes before that, I thought it was just repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You know, they, but two guys get taken down, they get back up, chop kick, chop kick, chop kick, big move. They're both down. Both men get back up, chop kick, chop kick, chop kick, big move, pin, it gets broken up, both men are down, chop kick, chop kick, just repeated over and over and over, and I was just sick of seeing it. They just cut this match down by 10 minutes, and it's removed a good portion of that. I thought the match would have been a whole lot better, but I still thought it was a pretty, uh, I still thought it was a pretty decent to good match, just 10 to 15 minutes too long and a lot and you know a lot of what they did later in the match made the first half of the match fairly irrelevant with you know any kind of work over body part they did just seemed to be forgotten later on in the match when they were just you know just pulling out any kind of random big moves they could think of but you know it um, I was you know shocked and legitimately surprised that Adam Cole got the pin on Davy Richards and, you know, that's the kind of surprises I think that wrestling, you know, should have from time to time. You know, you don't need big, huge swerves, like, you know, like, you know, TNA-type swerves on every show. But something like this, a nice, pleasant surprise that, you know, makes sense in the long run mm. is good to have. And, you know, this, this, you know, the, the whole purpose of the show, looking back, seems to be like they're building more towards the future and everything. And this seems to be the perfect way to, you know, just say, like, you know, here's, you know, some people we're putting stock in to carry us in the, you know, over the course of the next few years, you know. Have Richards and Edwards, the two main guys right now, then have O'Reilly and Cole, two guys that are looking to build up, you know, in the main event. Then have Steen come in at the end, who is, you know, basically the next guy, you know, the next face of the company. You know, all there in the last segment you know, makes sense to me. And you know, like like y'all said, the Steen thing kind of overshadowed the O'Reilly and Cole thing, but Steen's the biggest thing going on in the company right now, so it. You know, it kind of makes sense to me, and you know, I can't really think of anywhere else they could put it on the show. But mm. all that being said, I still thought this was a pretty decent match. But it's like I thought, of, like I was fearing that would happen before the show even, you know, happened. It went on for way too long. Like it seems like it seems like Ring of Honor at, for the past year has been thinking long main events mean good main events when that's not the case at all. This match would have been perfect for a 20-25 minute match that. You know, it had that, you know, had like the first half of the match go, and like the last five minutes have that go, and I think that been a much better match without having to do all the like they pretty much forgot the tag rules, and even Kelly, Kevin Kelly at one point said like, "Who's the legal man?" At that point, I was like, "Who is the legal man?" Like they haven't tagged anybody in like a good half hour at this point. Yeah, yeah, but it seemed like it a was, tornado tag, John. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, I mean, it was still it was a fun like it, it was a. Fun match for the most part. It kind of got grating there towards the end, just seeing the same thing happen over and over, which is kind of my complaint for every Davey Richards match. It, they all kind of, it's just him kicks, and, and then, you know, both men go down from a big move, and they get up, and they, you know, exchange shots until one of them hits another big move. But, you know, it's still, for the most part, a pretty decent match, and, you know, I'm not going to have, I don't have too much to complain about it, and it had a good ending, so... I think that went a whole lot better than y'all expected it to. Mm. <laughs> I think if I'm, if I'm honest, I think mine and quite a, f- a lot of people's opinions of this match was higher than maybe it should have been because of the finish, because of Adam Cole getting the win. I think if, if Richard, Richard had got his 
typical kick to the head win over Cole. I think a lot of people would have just been like, well, that match sucked. Or that, you know, that match was the same as Final Battle, just a tag match. But I think that the, the ending just, uh, I don't know, it just it seemed, it seemed to make the whole match, like in your head, it just, you know, it made this match seem better than it was probably. But I suppose that, you know, that's good booking in a way that, you know, the match comes across better in your head because of how, you know, how shocking and how good the, uh, the finish was. Mm. See, I hope that I, what I hope happens is that uh, what I hope doesn't happen, excuse me, is um, now that Kyle, uh, now that uh, Adam Cole's got this big win over Davey Richards, I hope they don't do what they did with A&X after the latter war and not acknowledge it and, you know, have them and have him lose to guys like he was losing before like to Elgin and Strong and stuff like that. I hope they expend upon this, mm. this huge win and actually, you know, make it something important. Yeah. Yeah, and put him up against guys like, uh, I don't know, like Bennett, who doesn't seem to be going anywhere fast right now, and guys like, uh, you know, maybe a Mike Mondo, who stole this show, I think was in Baltimore with um, with Taven, I, I believe, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, and maybe put him up, maybe get him another surprise win. Like, I don't think he needs it because he got it over the world champion, but give him a win over, like, you know, Eddie Edwards on a on a um, on a, like a house show or, or a TV taping or something like that, you know, like build him up sort of like they did. I know this is gonna be an old reference. And I'm dating myself, but like the one two three kid, you know, like kind of like yeah. put him over, put him over guys at the end. I just don't want to see him going back to being squashed by Elgin and squashed by you know Steen and all those guys. I really hope they uh, they go in the right direction with this because he could uh, he could be something if they uh, if they give him a, a a push in the right direction, you know. Well, I think this could possibly lead to a title match, or should possibly lead to a title match between Cole and and uh, and uh, Richards. And it seems to me that you know O'Reilly will probably screw Cole out of the title and everything. You know, just claiming that he was the person for you know, the reason for Future Shocks, you know, success that they had. And uh, but did they know, have success? <laughs> they really didn't. That's the success that they all had. All those victory over the bravado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I find interesting is that, you know, Cole has all this experience, you know, CZW as a heel, and he even, you know, when we talked to him, we are talking about how sort of popular he was and well-received his heel promos were and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're going with him as the face in that sort of breakup. Do you think that's strange? I don't, I don't think it's strange when you, you hear the reaction that O'Reilly and Richards are getting that's true. From, from fans. I think, uh, you know, they, they did a sort of similar sort of thing with Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. I think they heard... You know, a lot, of, a lot of the negativity the fans were giving them, and I think it's quite clever them for them just to embrace that rather than have to fight that's again. True, yeah. It's yeah, just that's a good you know, I think, and I think O'Reilly will, will benefit from being a heel because he won't have to cut as many promos. He can just sort of go in there, you know, do his well, stuff, and then just yeah. just walk out rather he, than he have has to the fall. intensity to be a heel. Yeah, he has the intensity, which is good, and um, you know, his his promos aren't aren't the best, so. Um, I think being, you know, being a heel would would actually benefit him, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll uh, that'll come across well. And uh, I, th- mm. I think Cole is Cole is just so good at what what he does. Uh, you know, I've, I've not really seen him as a heel in CZW. I might have to. I haven't either. You know, check some of that out because uh, yeah, I should imagine that that would come across really well. But he's just, you know, he's just so good in the ring, and I think anything he, you know, he does, he comes across well, and he's just a guy that. Uh, you know, in the next 12, 18 months, he's definitely a guy that, you know, could be at the top of Ring of Honor or, you know, main event in shows on a regular basis because, you know, he has all the talent in the world, so there's, there's no reason why, you know, as, as Mackin said, if they give him a push in the right direction and they do build him up in the right way that he can't be, uh, you know, one to sort of 
uh, enter the the main events. Well, I think that uh, wraps up sort of the talk on the main event. Now, uh, unfortunately, I don't think you'll be able to comment on this, Macklin, but before we give our sort of overall thoughts of the pay-per-view and, you know, what, what we're leading to next, I just want to give a brief talk of the rather disappointing production. Uh, production, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Final Battle, we had the sort of replays where the audio is messing up and it was in slow motion and the the um, the cameras were all over the place and... We had a lot of the same sort of issues here. I mean, um, a few off the top of my head, we had Eddie Ed Rads, I believe it was, the completely yeah, botched his E-W- name. E-D-W-R-A-D-S. Which is, I mean, I mean the, main the, event the Eddie Edwards the sort of the graphic that comes up with his name, you know, isn't done live. It'll have been done, you know, in advance before, and all they've got to do is queue it up on screen. And that, they didn't queue it up wrong, so whoever created that graphic you know completely made a typo and just didn't read what they were like submitting to i'm gonna guess you know they've got some graphic designer who submits it to someone when you know he just didn't even check it he just had it with this huge typo on for the main event which is just embarrassing and i think whoever does it obviously doesn't know anything about ring of honor because i mean if you didn't know anything that i suppose that could be a name (laughs) no no, you see like little ones that they've had on the tv show nigel mcginnis with like one n i mean that's a really really tiny thing charlie Haas with two s's yeah charlie Haas. yeah it's just they're they're just tiny little things that might you know they might only be tiny but you know they're just things that shouldn't be going wrong Mm. especially with a a company that's now owned by tv company a broadcast television company i mean surely they know that you know production you know, people aren't demanding you know, massive Titan Trons and 32 HD cameras and, you know, 3D whatever. But, you know, to spell that guy's name's right and just to, you know, make it look passable for, mm. you know, for fans. Because I think for fan, fans like us who are going to watch regardless, I don't think that, you know, that's not too bad. But, but if, you know, especially at Final Battle, if that was the first pay per view you're watching, I mean, you're going to end up thinking, you know, this is a bit of. You know, this is this is minor league. I mean, this is amateur, yeah. You're not going to yeah, watch it they again. can't, you know, watch, why would I bother watching this, you know, when I'm watching replays with really, like, stupid voiceovers and, you know, stuff like that when I can watch WWE and... It's perfect. You know, it's clear and, yeah, and it's just, apart from the rest and it's perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't comment on the, uh, I can't comment on the uh, production value for the live shows because, uh... I've only ordered uh, one paper, uh, one one uh, eye pay per view, and that was, uh, I believe, that was Death Before Dishonor eight with uh, Davy and Black in the main event, and uh, that it, it was all right. I mean, I don't remember much of production value. No, it, it got a lot worse once um, Lagana left. Um, yeah, they, I know they got we're better. Not, they... he's not a, we're not a fan of his, but uh, it's no, definitely but... got worse. You know, Final Battle was pretty bad. You know, tenth anniversary yeah. wasn't as bad, but you know. But you'd think, like, the... But see, the, the thing is, is that I buy all the DVDs. As soon as they're announced, and I get that email. But I think, seems... like, with these botches, you know, some of the ones that happen when things are live, like the replays, you can sort of overlook. But with the TV show and things like the nameplates that are done in advance, like the misspelling of names, it's just... Really, there's no excuse for it. Like, on this week's TV show, I know we're not going <laughs> to oh, talk God. about that in detail, but... <laughs> Every single nameplate on this week's TV show is completely blank. I have no idea how that went through production. <laughs> and also, oh, the, the, the Alexander. Here we go. The tale of the tape. Amazing. It was Tommaso Champa taking on Guy Alexander. Kevin Guy Alexander Cannon's... is like a six foot white man, 
And then in the tale of the tape where they put the little pictures, they put Alexander in a picture of Cedric Alexander. So they've got the complete <laughs> wrong guy who looks nothing like him. And the wrong this, race, the wrong height, yeah. right, ev- wrong everything. This, oh, man. along with all the blank nameplates, managed to get through onto TV. Now, I don't understand why they don't have someone just sit and watch it. It's a 50-minute show. Just sit and watch <laughs> and go, okay, that's wrong. Let's fix it before we give it to SBG or whatever. Like, somewhere in the process, there's someone not doing the job and, like, the quality test or whatever. I don't know how it works. It's just terrible. Well, you think, like, the one of the main complaints about Final Battle was the production. and you, So you think, you know, they double triple, quadruple check everything they do, you know, before they do it with production, you know, going to the 10th anniversary show, and even on their TV show, you know, with the mistakes they've made, it just seems like... Some of them are worse on the TV show, which makes no sense, because they have weeks to edit it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe they overthink things and make them worse than they should be. (laughs) How many uh, many Ring of Honor DVDs do you get? Do you get, like, like, the new ones that come out and stuff like that? Um, I don't get as many as I used to because, like, money situation. Like, I used to, but I, I get like all the eye paper views and everything. And then, on an occasion, if a show you know really sounds good, I'll probably eventually end up getting homecoming show from January. Do you remember? Like, uh, yeah, I, I I haven't watched that one yet, but I want to see if um I want to see if the same things happen. I remember back in like '09 when they had just uh, they would come up and they would show a picture of Davy Richards and it would just say play, and then it would yeah. play the whole event. Now they're trying to get cute and fancy with it now they're trying to show like highlights from the match and they're having like uh graphics intertwine across the screen with each other and it will say play and you'll click on play on the dvd player or on my case the playstation 3 and it won't play huh. and then you'll go then you'll go down to the matches and it'll say select matches you can click on that and then you go and there's no icon that you can move to select the matches like <laughs> i don't know like I don't, it, it's the same thing. I can't comment on the production value because I don't. I've only, like I said, I only got that one pay per view like three years ago. But the the when they used to have the old intros to the DVDs, it was so much better. Now they're trying to get fancy with all this, like you know, um, uh, just weird graphics, weird designs, and showing clips of the matches and having over dramatic, over the top music, you know, and stuff like that. And the DVDs are are are. are are just not as good as they used to be, even mm. though they're getting better, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It seems like, you know, like uh, like a lot of, and it seems like they should start going out of house more, maybe go into Smart Mark video, you know, to do their production stuff, because it seems like a, a lot of big complaints are on the production side when, mm. you know, Smart Mark video, you know, does, you know, do a really good job with their work. And, you know, they get the DVD. I know Ring of Honor's been better about this, you know, since the since the new year. But, you know, Smart Mark Video gets the shows that within like a week or two, usually, of them happening. Which would, you know, I yeah. think would have to increase, you know, DVD sales. You know, because it seems like the sooner, because it seems like, you know, when an event happens and people are talking about it, like in the hype's there. Everybody's like, I gotta see it, I gotta see it. But then, yeah. you know, as people like start moving on to like talk about the next year and everything, everybody kind of forgets about, you know, all the hype surrounding the show. So when it comes out, you're like, oh. You know those matches look pretty decent. I might, I might pick that up one t- sometime. But if you know they released them, you know immediately afterwards, you might get some more impulse by seeing. Oh, I heard how great that match was. Mm. Yeah, on the, think... on the on the on the homecoming DVD. Um, not, I'm sorry, not the homecoming DVD. Uh, the Battle of the Carolinas on night two. I can't on my PlayStation and on my DVD player because I tried both. I can't select matches. 
I can't select I can't select certain matches. There's just no icon to select. You click on everything. I've tried everything twice. And you can't select matches. You have to watch it all the way through. And if I turn it off in the middle of the night, you know, or something like that, and I want to pick up at the two hour time limit, I have to go back and watch the whole entire show. So I haven't watched That's that two fast. hour time limit match yet and I want to, but I just don't feel like sitting through two hours of show to get to a two hour main event. Mm. That's quite bad if that is, you know, the case with all of them. He might have just got a bad copy, we don't know. But maybe, yeah. But um, one last thing about production, I think they need to give up with replays because, you know, they cause so many problems at Final Battle. They're in slow motion. Um, at 10th anniversary, the first few replays and video packages you couldn't really hear. And then once they'd figured out how to do them, they just didn't put them up at the right time. Like Homicide got on the mic and was about to, you know, talk to the New York crowd. But then they show a, re- um, a replay over the screen and you can't hear him. You can just hear the replay audio. And then, you know, it's Kevin. We have Kevin Kelly on commentary and said, before this match starts, starts this was um, the no DQ match. Let's take a look back at Steen and Jacobs on the TV show. So the replay starts in the background. You hear the crowd going nuts and Steen entering. Like, how bad is it that they just tell, like, the ring announcer, hey, just wait, we're just showing a video package, don't get the guys out yet. I mean, it's just, things like that are really bad. There's things my, at the, like, the news, you know, cast at my school can do, you know, just getting the video packages and everything. Why can't they get it done? I mean, you know, we're, it's, it's a student-run thing, so, you know, college students can do this. Why can't a, you know, profession, like a professional company do it? I think for Showdown, they need to either just scrap replays or figure it out because, you know, the same weekend as WrestleMania, which is going to be completely perfect production wise, they don't want to look, they'll look even worse, you know, going the day before WrestleMania if the production values, you know, stay as they are with Eddie Ed Rads. (laughs) But uh, I think that's enough about the production. Do you want to just each share your sort of overall thoughts on the the pay per view? Let's start with Steven. Um, I think overall, I was quite impressed with this show. I think, you know, going on from Final Battle, it was much improvements from Final Battle. I think, you know, they learned from the mistakes, as you said. They uh, they didn't go down the same route of having matches, you know, go way too long and have overkill. Mm. Uh, you know, I think the match went up, still, it was over three hours, like three and a half hours, was it? But it didn't it didn't feel like it, it you know it lasted for that long. Even the main event, I know John was a bit critical of it, but I don't think the main event felt like it, it dragged at all. So. Uh, yeah, I think they've got to, be, got to be applauded on the some of that front. And yeah, there, there weren't any match that I disliked. I mean, the, the opening two matches were, yeah, they weren't great, but you know, they're, they're opening matches, so you're not going to expect anything brilliant from them. And uh, I think that the show slowly improved as as we got on. And uh, yeah, overall, I, I came a, came away from it really enjoying it. John, I thought it was a uh, good show that had some great moments on it. Like, no, there's nothing, you know, too bad. There's nothing, you know, really bad on it. There's a lot of good things. And then there's, you know, a few great moments, you know, with Steen and I thought, you know, Kingston and, you know, the ma- amazing Red looking, you know, like his old self. So, I, 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 it wasn't a show I was really looking forward to too much, but I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of it. And, you know, I, I would, and I would recommend it to, you know, Ring of Honor fans who, you know, haven't seen it yet i'd say you know just check it out you know you'll probably enjoy it especially it was only ten dollars as well so it was a fantastic value for money because yeah. the pay-per-views to be honest are cheap as they are like the fifteen dollars or you know the twenty dollars for the um showdown weekend that you know it's even better value for money that it was only ten for this event yeah, so uh, macklin do you want to give your sort of overall thoughts of uh, the show 
I definitely liked it better than Final Battle. Um, I don't know if I'm if I was any about that, but I definitely liked it better than uh, than Final Battle because uh, I just think it was uh, better wrestling wise. And going into Final Battle, I think it was just an automatic given that Edwards wasn't going to win the title, and it was just going to be a forty-five minute kick and slap and stare down fast, and Dan Severn wasn't going to do anything, and <laughs> you know, and um, I don't know what that purpose of um, what what purpose that the main event at Final Battle served when it was just going to continue after Final Battle. I thought Final Battle was to, the be-all, end-all of feuds. <laughs> Hence the name. You know? Hence the name. Like when Steen and Generico, Steen left, we didn't see him for seven months, and then, you know, he comes back, you know, in, or however long it was. And, you know, it it just seemed like it should have been at Final Battle the final time that we saw Edwards and um and Davey in a ring against each other. I don't care, you know, if it was a tag match or they were against each other or with each other. I think it was, it's just completely um it's just it's completely run its course. Mm. So um a couple of days before um the uh the main event was announced, I was totally expecting them like you guys have said on podcasts before, um leading up to the event for it to be um, the show on the Sunday night one main event should have been at um, at tenth anniversary of um, of Strong Edwards and uh, and Davy. That I wouldn't have minded because it would have been a throwback to the original main event with Loki Daniels and um, and uh, Danielson. Hmm. I thought that I thought that would have been absolutely perfect. Um, but a couple of days before the show, I started to come around to the whole idea of this tag match and going into it. I wasn't expecting much. I expected it to be the same old, you know, like I said, kick and slap fest, but it, 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 it entertained me. I have to say in, in seeing Steen and Edwards, I mean, uh, Steen and, um, and Jacobs, uh, match was live was just phenomenal. And seeing the spike to the groin, which you guys obviously didn't see because a two year old put together the production, uh, <laughs> You're giving it, too much credit. That was <laughs> um, that was that was something that got the crowd off of its feet. Like, oh my god, I can't believe he just did that. You know, and uh, if I had to give it a a, uh, a ranking between one and ten, I would say that final battle was a six, and I'd say that tenth anniversary was an eight and a half, and it would have been a nine if Tommaso Ciampa had won the TV title. Okay, I think that uh, wraps everything up. Unless um, you've got anything else to share before we uh, end the show? No, I think that wrapped it up quite well. Yeah. Uh, thank you to uh, Stephen and John for joining me as usual. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks to Macklin for coming on and sharing your uh, insight from the show live. And uh, are you going to Best in the World as well later this? I'm uh, getting my tickets in the mail tomorrow along with my Best of Brian Danielson DVD. Awesome. So uh, we'll have to have you on uh, in June as well, uh, talk about that show after it happens. Definitely. Uh, thank you to everyone to, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's show. Uh, we're back to our usual format next week. We'll talk about the TV show and uh, also got some spoilers from uh, Baltimore to talk about. So uh, tune in next week and uh, we'll see you then.